This is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic. I Radio. Almost all new ideas are generated by individuals, but they are given life and nurtured by communities and the cultures they create. I came across a new word from Brian Eno. He's the the inventor of ambient music. Senius equals the creative intelligence of a community, spelled S-C-E-N-I-U-S. We often talk about the genius of an individual, but what about the genius of a community and what a community can achieve together? It struck me that if we're ever to move forward and develop a strong dyslexic community, we need to come together and combine our creative intelligence or dyslexic seniors to overcome the barriers that the non-dyslexic community places in front of us. For me, I see the biggest barrier is the idea that dyslexia is a disability and that in some way we are broken. This is a result of what I would call a medical discrepancy model of dyslexia that society has imposed on dyslexics. This model defines us in terms of disability, in terms of deficits and discrepancy, and in terms of symptoms. This model tells us that we are broken in some way. We have to discard this medical discrepancy model of dyslexia and consign it to history. This is because this model has nothing positive to say to dyslexics or about dyslexia. If we're ever going to move away from a negative medical model of dyslexia that has nothing positive to say to dyslexics or about dyslexia, we as dyslexic need to come together and create a coherent global dyslexic community. A global dyslexic community that has a more positive social model vision of dyslexia. The social model of dyslexia basically says that it is society that disables us and I will explain how that happens later on in this podcast. The social model of dyslexia has a vision which nurtures and values dyslexic diversity and difference and celebrates all that we have achieved and are still to achieve in the future. The medical model defines us in terms of deficits, disorder and discrepancy. It is a model that has nothing positive to say to dyslexics or about dyslexia. The social model defines us by what we can do and achieve. It empowers us and it frees us from the negative medical model stereotype. The social model of dyslexia defines us by what we can do and achieve. It empowers us and it frees us from the negative medical model stereotype that tells us being dyslexic means we are disabled in some way. That is why I believe that dyslexia is a difference that reflects diversity and that neurodiversity is as important as biodiversity. That's why I talk and write and scream from the rafters at every opportunity about the social model of dyslexia. The social model tells us that it's society that disables but it can also enable. Rihanna said to me in an interview her primary school basically refused to provide her with an assessment, something they are legally obligated to do. She left school without a dyslexia assessment. Basically at 10 years old, she was told she had a reading age of a six-year-old. The school then told her she was going to start learning Spanish. Her first reaction was, how can I learn Spanish when I can't even read English? This is where so many dyslexics first experienced society disabling at school. She went on to say her experience of support in high school was the polar opposite. Here she got all the help she needed and she passed her exams and went on into university. This is an example of society enabling. Sadly, for so many dyslexic kids, their experience of school is very negative. I did some research recently on when dyslexic adults were assessed. Only 19% said they were assessed at school. It's not being dyslexic that disables, it is society. For so many, this disabling begins at school. More importantly, to go back to the social model of dyslexia, this is a model that has been developed by dyslexics for dyslexics. It's our model, our solution to the issues we face on a daily basis. The medical model of dyslexia is one that has been imposed upon upon us. I read an interesting and relevant article the other day. Professor Julie Logan's research at the University of Bristol in 2001 reported that one in five of the UK's entrepreneurs she surveyed was dyslexic. That's twice the rate expected for adults in the UK. 
Work since then has shown that about 35% of entrepreneurs are dyslexic. In 2008, Professor Logan's research at Cass Business School made business headlines when she reported that entrepreneurs who are dyslexic make significantly different decisions compared to non-dyslexic entrepreneurs in two key aspects. Dyslexic entrepreneurs tended to set up more businesses and tended to employ more people. This means that the actions of this group, that of dyslexics, are important for the economic growth. To go back to the idea that society disables, statistics inform us that around 50% of young people in our prisons are dyslexic. Around 70% of them have some kind of literacy issue. Each one of those costs our society around £35,000 a year to keep them there. Wouldn't it be more prudent to provide dyslexia support at school for a small cost rather than not provide it and end up with a huge societal cost in the end? Statistics tell us a dyslexic is six times more likely to be long-term unemployed than non-dyslexic. This again is because our education system fails dyslexics. Dyslexics succeed in all areas of society, but we have to work so much harder to overcome the societal barriers to do so. I recently read an article that said 90% of successful dyslexics say they are successful because they are dyslexic and that they are successful in spite of their experience of education. Being dyslexic brings with it lots of positive traits. We are very creative, we're intuitive, we're empathic, great lateral thinkers, inventive, entrepreneurial, determined, inquisitive. We are unique. We are unique dyslexics. Thanks very much for listening. This is Stephen McHugh reporting for Unique Dyslexic. I Radio.